Oh dear. Welcome to the Variant Vendetta Podcast, a podcast where two variants talk movies, TV shows, video games, and pop culture in an attempt to end their vendetta against each other. You can support the show by giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform or by following us on Twitter or Instagram at Variant Vendetta. Either way, we are very thankful for your support. Today, I am joined by somebody who makes me want to run a blade into myself, (laughs) Annabelle. I don't even write the jokes down anymore. I just give them. <laughs> I, I just thought of that one right before we hit record. I don't understand how you do it. You're so like on the spot with it. It was good. I'll give you that. It was good. <laughs> I know it was. We're doing Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> hence why the blade running into myself or whatever I said. <laughs> <laughs> Blade Runner, the final cut, the original one from 1982, because apparently yeah. some people get confused. Okay, no, listen, <laughs> all right? I Googled where to watch Blade Runner, and all that came up was like Blade Runner 2049 and like all this other Blade Runner like series type things, like five different things. And I was like, um, <laughs> which one are we doing? And then you talked to me like I was dumb. I'm not wrong. What do you mean? (laughs) Look, listen. Blade Runner, the original movie. There's that one, and then there's Blade Runner 2049, the sequel. That is it. That That is it for the movies. However, there's Blade Runner Black Lotus, which is an animated TV series, and then there's also shorts, like little five, six minute little shorts from Blade Runner 2049. Well, I'm telling you that when I looked it up where to watch it, the one that we're watching didn't pop up at all. So that's why I had to ask you. (laughs) Probably because it's not the most recent. Anyways, I was telling you before we started recording that I got some stuff. I went to Target before we started recording. Yeah. Um, so I got two things at Target, and I got something from Amazon today. And I was waiting till we got here to show you. What is it? <laughs> okay, item number one. Oh, I have that! I have that! Look at mine! It is the Mighty Thor Funko Pop. Just the single one, not the double pack. Oh, the glare. Yeah. So cool! I got, that. I got that one. Second thing I got at Target was this oh that's oh my god target has been like slapping with the pops lately it's the big uh moon knight i don't even know what they call these comic covers it's got like the og moon knight cover in the background and it's got the og moon knight suit as the little guy and it comes in a big ass box and it's like hard too like Whoa. Yeah, it's like a nice plastic case. Yeah. Another thing I got from Amazon was this. Deadpool Samurai number one. Lit. That's freaking awesome. It's nice. Like the, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know how I am with books. We'll see if I ever get around to reading this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got it. Oh, look at that. There's anime Captain America right there. Oh, look. He's... And anime Iron Man, too. He's just as hot in anime. I don't even like anime, but I was like, it's Deadpool, so it'll probably be good. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, anime reader. I more like to watch anime, but, like, I'm not, like, super into it. I do not like watching nor anything, really. It's not into anime. It doesn't do it for me. I watched, That's understandable. uh, I watched Death Note, and that was I about it. That. You haven't heard of it? No, I haven't. Weird. <laughs> I totally just forgot for a second that we're recording a podcast right now. I got so caught up in the things you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. And I have to sit here and look at them for another hour before I can find somewhere to put them up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, Blade Runner, the final cut. I'm just going to go right off the bat here and assume that you were extremely confused throughout the entire movie how did you know <laughs> <laughs> how did you know this <laughs> I, it, it's understandable not that gonna is, lie um, it's very understandable that is 90 percent of my notes <laughs> it's me saying i'm very confused right now <laughs> i yeah when i thought of this movie to do for trust me like it i was like "Ooh, she might actually like it and then once i started watching it to take my notes on i was like oh she's gonna just be confused <laughs> we had time. a birdcage situation <laughs> we had a birdcage situation <laughs> i didn't even like i haven't watched this movie probably since <laughs> last year and i was like oh <laughs> no yeah she's gonna be confused yeah okay so I'm just going to straight up tell you, I didn't not like this movie. I'm confused on how I feel about this movie because it, it like it like it has all the qualities. It checks all the boxes of things that I like, but I just I think I was just too confused the whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. I when I was taking my notes, I even considered telling you, like, watch some explanation videos because I don't feel like fucking doing it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I got the gist of it. I'm pretty sure. It's just some things that I'm just like, okay, why did that happen? That doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen this movie several times and I still don't fully understand it. I understand most of it, but not 100%. So whatever you ask, I will try my best to tell you. Okay. But this movie is just like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's weird. It's good, yeah. but it's weird. Yeah, that's, that's, that is the best way to describe this movie. Like, I, I liked, I liked it. I will say that I liked this movie. But it's it's weird. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> and I also think that you would 
I know for a fact you would like Blade Runner 2049 better than this one. I want to watch it. I really do. I think I will like it. Um, Something in me is telling me that I may have seen it. Like, I don't know. Probably not. Because, like, when I was living with my brother a couple years back, they, like, watched movies all the time. Um, Even movies that you would see on the high seas um so like we would watch things that other people couldn't watch and a lot of things I don't remember because we watched so many fucking movies so it's possible I've seen that it's possible I haven't (laughs) well hopefully you haven't if not we'll do it for uh, trust me you'll like it for me sometime yeah I do want to watch it I do want to watch it it's good. Personally, I like 2049 better than the final cut, but that's just me, I guess. Probably not, but whatever. <laughs> um, Shit, I meant to wear my Blade Runner shirt. I'm not. Oh, well. <laughs> that is disappointing, but I do have I do have this. Here we go. What is that? It's a Blade Runner card. Oh, it's God. in a little case. Oh my God! This why does this? Okay, so the weirdest thing happened. Um, I went to Target at some point this past week before I watched this movie, but like I think um, it might have been Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday that I went to Target. So our last episode had just came out. So I was already thinking, all right, I need to figure out when I'm gonna watch the next one, Blade Runner at target i go over to the pop section because i do that every single time i go into target and i'm looking around and they have all of the same stuff so then i decide i'm gonna go look at the games and i'm looking for an employee to get a game out of the case for me and i see on one of the side um aisles like the side shelves on it end cap end cap yes like clearance sale stuff and it's a pop, a Blade Runner pop of Rachel. That uh, It's just so weird to me that it, it was just a single one right there in the entire store. I, it's so weird to me that I saw that on a day that I was thinking I need to find a time to watch Blade Runner. That's so weird to me, right? Did you get it? No, I didn't get it. Of course not. <laughs> but now after watching the movie, I wish I would have gotten it. <laughs> What Rachel's game did you get? Cool. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Should, so we are so off the rails right now, but I've been feeling like I should play Spider-Man over again. Should I do that before I play Miles Morales? Or are they not like connected that much? No, they are connected. Okay, so I should play Spider-Man again. I mean, refresh. even I if remember. not to refresh... It's a good fucking game. Just do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to anyway. Okay. Back on the rails. Back to Blade Runner. All right. So before we get into <laughs> it, you want to hear my Snapple fact? Sure. Is this going to be a new thing? Are you going to have Snapple every time we record? Whenever. I mean, whenever <laughs> I have one, I'll read the freaking facts. All right. So this one says, dairy cows drink up to 50 gallons of water per day. Wow. I mean, yeah, they got to produce all that milk. 
So you can now head into life confidently knowing that dairy cows drink up to 50 gallons of water a day. Yeah. Nice. Okay. You don't seem that interested in it. So Blade Runner, here we go. Um, first off, this is based on a book called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Okay, I did not know that. I need to get this book and read it. Fun fact, I own this book. And guess what? I have not read it. You haven't. <laughs> I knew you haven't read it. Oh, see, like, me with movies is like you with books. I just... You know, how I haven't I'm, seen anything. I'm visual, you know? I'm I need visual. my visuals. <laughs> I need to see what's happening. You sure, like I books can... with pictures? This shit's got pictures in it. <laughs> yeah, manga. <laughs> pictures. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't I need to read books with pictures. But okay. <laughs> I get that. I don't need to read books with pictures, but I just prefer them. <laughs> Anyways, based on a book. So we get a few credit names. Blade Runner appears in all red text. A few more credit names directed by Ridley Scott. And then we get this like opening crawl kind of that says. Early in the 21st century, the Tyrell Corporation advanced robot evolution and or advanced robot into the fucking shit <laughs> robot evolution into the nexus phase a being virtually identical to a human known as a replicant the nexus 6 replicants were superior in strength and agility and at least equal in intelligence to the genetic engineers who created them i fucked that shit up <laughs> um, <laughs> replicants were used off-world as slave labor in the hazardous exploration and colonization of other planets after a bloody mutiny by a Nexus 6 combat team in an off-world colony, replicants were declared illegal on Earth, under penalty of death. Special police squads, Blade Runner units, had orders to shoot and kill upon detection any trespassing replicant. This was not called execution, it was called retirement. Pause. Okay, um... <laughs> So I need I need to understand why did they want to get rid of the replicants? I'm good. Bro, it says it in the <laughs> fucking shit. I know, I know. And I, I watched it. I read it as I watched it. I listened to you very intently as you said it. And I'm still, I don't get it. I still don't get it. <laughs> All right. Let me go back up here and read you a specific couple lines. Okay. Replicants were used off-world as slave labor in the hazardous exploration and colonization of other planets. They were used as slave labor because they were more superior than humans and they could not feel pain. Okay. Okay. After a bloody mutiny by a Nexus, a Nexus 6 combat team in an off-world colony, replicants were declared illegal on Earth. Okay. Okay. So I, some I Nexus 6 replicants killed people, normal humans, yes. and then replicants in general were declared illegal. Yes, okay. So they sent Blade Runners to, to kill them, them. To retire them. Yeah. This was not called an execution, it was called a retirement. I read that 
And literally the first thing I was just, I had to pause it. And I was like, what the fuck am I about to watch right now? <laughs> Why? That doesn't get you jazzed? <laughs> it was more like, um, I was, I was excited. Cause I was like, whoa, this is about to be some crazy ass shit. But also like, damn, it's not execution. It's a retirement, but you're killing people. They're not people. They're robots. They have feelings. They develop feelings. They're not made with feelings. Okay, whatever. Still, they bleed. They feel... It's not real blood. Whatever. These are artificial beings. They're not real. Okay, continue. Movie takes place Los Angeles, November 2019. And I can tell you, I've I've been to LA in the past uh, two years. It it doesn't look anything like that. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Not even not even close. So we open on a shot overlooking the city of LA, hyper futuristic, buildings and towers everywhere. A few cars zoom past the camera through the sky as some towers blow out massive flames out of the top and the music is playing and it is god tier yeah part of this uh opening shot right here that shows the city mm-hmm. uh was practical what what do you mean practical practical effects practical effects oh like like they built the set sort of yeah, sort of. I think they use like glass painting to kind of make it look bigger than it is. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I so liked then, um all of the like the shots through the city and stuff. I thought for a film made in the eighties, it was very it was quite impressive how the city looked and like the flying cars and stuff looked. Yeah, and it's funny to see what they thought 2019 would look like (laughs) yeah and like what it looks like society wise versus what we got which was a fucking pandemic (laughs) (laughs) um before we continue i do want to say there's lots of like cuts (laughs) like Throughout the whole movie, there's lots of cuts. We're, we're, we're looking at one scene, and then it just cuts to something completely different. So I'm going to say we cut to a shot of an ungodly amount of times. So if you want to play a drinking yep. game with that, feel free. Yeah, it's very choppy. It's a very choppy film. Yes, it is. Uh, we cut to a shot of a blue eye watching the towers blow their flames out, the ones I mentioned before. We cut to two massive temple-looking buildings, and we're slowly moving towards them. A car is driving up to one of them, and when I say driving, it's like flying through the air. Then back to the eye, it just continues staring. The music is still god-tier. And then we cut to the inside of the building, where we see a man standing in a dimly lit room. Back outside, still slowly moving towards the towers. Back to the man as he stands at a table with some equipment on it, smoking a cigarette. Back outside where we quickly zoom in on the room that the man is in. Back to the man still standing there. And we hear next subject over the intercom. The subject walks up to the man and the man says, come in. 
and they both sit across from each other at the table. The man turns on a device that's sitting between the two of them, and a little camera comes out and zooms in on the subject's eye. The subject asks if he can talk because he gets nervous during tests. The man tells him not to move. Then he says he already had an IQ test, and the man tells the subject to pay attention because the reaction time is a factor in this test. Then the man tells the subject to answer the uh, questions as quickly as he can. And by the way, the subject's name is Leon. Keep that in mind. The man begins laying out a hypothetical situation for our subject. And Leon questions the man several times throughout this hypothetical. And the man pauses to tell Leon that this test is made to invoke an emotional response. They continue with the test, and the man asks Leon to name some positive things about his mother. Leon says, my mother? Let me tell you about my mother. Then a gunshot goes off, and a bullet flies like through the table, through some kind of jar thing sitting on the table, and into the man asking the questions. And then Leon gets up from the table, pointing a quad-barreled pistol at the man, and he shoots him two more times, sending him through the wall behind him. And then we cut to a close-up shot of the city, where a police car flies through the air. What do you think about this opening? <laughs> um, so I was I was pulled in very quickly, and the guy Leon shot the man, and immediately I was like, "Whoa, what what is happening? What just happened? What why did dude shoot that dude? What what is going on? And why was dude interrogating other dude?" <laughs> so heavily i don't understand what's happening this was the start of my confusion and it never ended <laughs> so you still don't know what that was all about um i think i do now from watching the movie he was testing him right to see if he was a replicant yes okay okay and then he shot him because he realized that he figured out what he was i understand there you go <laughs> okay, so we cut to a shot of the city from ground level, uh, and an intercom voice overhead plays an ad. Then we cut to a shot of people walking in the street, where we see our main character, Deckard, played by Harrison Ford, sitting and reading a newspaper. I would also like to add that Harrison Ford is married to Callista Flockhart. Do you know who that is? No. That's the lady that plays Barbara Keeley in The Birdcage. Really? Yep. Wow. Congratulations. Your Annabelle Cinematic Universe continues. <laughs> it's bleeding over into yours. <laughs> A very futuristic looking Zeppelin or blimp flies through the air and it has massive screens on the sides. And it plays the same ad that we just heard again. Deckard looks at it for a second, then back down at his newspaper. A man in a noodle shop calls Deckard over. He sits down at the noodle bar and orders some food. As he begins eating, two men approach him from behind, speaking in a foreign language. And the noodle guy tells Deckard 
that they're telling him he's under arrest. Deckard says, you got the wrong guy, pal. The noodle guy says, he says you're a blade runner. And Deckard says, tell him I'm eating. But when one of the men says, Captain Bryant, Deckard agrees to go with him. By the way, this creepy guy's name is um, Gaff. The um the other police officer that has like the hat all the time is that no yes. no 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 the the chief the chief no. you're talking about no 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 Gaff 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 is the weird guy that like oh like has the hat and the cane that guy okay yes okay yeah, see I can't even keep the characters straight. Bryant, Bryant, Captain Bryant is the is the chief, I guess, of the police or Blade Runners or whatever he is. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Deckard agrees to go with them. After that, they all get into a police car and fly up and away, and then we get a nice little fly through the city while God tier music plays. Music's pretty good in this movie, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. That was good. <laughs> okay. They land in a uh, cylindrical tower and we're taken to Deckard walking inside. He walks into Captain Bryant's office and Bryant pours the two of them uh, a couple drinks. And basically, Captain Bryant tells Deckard that there's replicants in the area and they need to be taken care of. And Bryant gives Deckard no choice but to do it. The two men watch the recording of Leon and the man from earlier giving him the test. Bryant tells Deckard there's six replicants that jumped shuttle and killed 23 people before trying to enter the Tyrell Corporation building uh, where two of them got fried and one of his men got another one and Bryant shows the remaining replicants to Deckard. You following? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm like wondering I think you skipped over the whole like Deckard was telling him how he was retired he's like I'm not doing it and Bryant was like if you're not cop you're little people you know this I think did you skip over that I mean I said that Bryant gave him no choice but to do it yeah okay <laughs> I think I was too focused on that because that line I was really like what the fuck <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. In this day and age. Anyways, Bryant tells Deckard that the designers of the replicants think that within a few years, the replicants can create their own emotions. So they built in a four-year lifespan as a failsafe. Do you get that? You understand that, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So this Tyrell company, corporation, they, corporation, they make the replicants, right? That's their sole thing was yes. they made the replicants. Okay. Yes. So they, as like, so like, so the replicants don't get too strong and like overthrow everybody. They put in that they can only live for four years. Correct. Yes. Okay. I'm following. Okay. <laughs> Bryant tells Deckard to go to the Tyrell Corporation and put the machine on the Nexus 6 
which is that generation of replicants. Uh, we cut to a shot of Deckard and one of the mysterious men, Gaff, that tried to arrest him earlier. They're flying in Gaff's car through the city. We get several shots of the city, including buildings, massive screens, the Tyrell Corporation building, and the god-tier music continues to play. Then we cut to a shot of an owl sitting on a perch inside of a room, and it flies from one side of the room to the other side. And as it does this, it passes by Deckard, who is standing in this room, just kind of like looking around. A woman walks up and asks, do you like our owl? And then she introduces herself as Rachel. She asks Deckard if he's ever retired a human by mistake. And as he's answering, a man walks in and starts asking Deckard if this is an empathy test. Rachel introduces the man as Eldon Tyrell. And he tells Deckard to perform a test on Rachel. Deckard opens his briefcase, pulls out the testing machine, and begins performing the test on Rachel. And her eyes are kind of reflecting the light in a strange way, where it makes it look like her pupils are like orange. Yeah. Did yeah, you gather sorry. that she, she was a replicant with that? Okay, so yes, I thought that because I was like, that's so weird that her eyes are glowing orange. She must be a replicant. But, but then, like, it like goes on and off throughout the movie. And I was like, maybe it's just from how they filmed it. Because at some point, Deckard's eyes look a little orange like hers. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's the light reflecting. Why are you smiling like that? We'll get into that eventually. Am I having a realization that I didn't realize while watching this movie right now? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> oh my god, that would be fucking nuts! I'm su- I'm genuinely surprised you caught that. We will bring that up later. Keep it in mind. Once the test is complete, Tyrell asks Rachel to step out for a moment. Annabelle is literally freaking out right now. I'm when she leaves, <laughs> Deckard asks if she's a replicant, and Tyrell tells him that he's impressed. Basically confirming that, yes, she is. Deckard tells Tyrell it usually takes uh, 20 to 30 questions, cross-reference to spot a replicant, but for Rachel, it took more than 100 because Rachel does not know that she's a replicant. The two talk about replicants for a moment before we're taken to a shot of Deckard in a car flying away from the Tyrell Corporation building. After landing, Deckard and Gaff uh, walk into an apartment building and they search it. Deckard finds a small piece of something and puts it in a little bag. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. He finds a little small piece of something. At this point, we don't know what it is. He doesn't know what it is, but he puts it in a little bag and he saves it for later. Yeah. As you do with little things that you find. He walks into another building and he searches an apartment in this one and he finds some, some photos. We then cut to a clenched fist and we meet Roy, who is standing in a phone booth. Leon knocks on the door and asks, and, and Roy exits. He looks at Leon and he says, did you get your precious photos? Leon shakes his head and 
says someone was there. My typing is a bit <laughs> my typing in the notes is a bit off. Uh Leon tells Roy that somebody was in his apartment. Roy comes to the conclusion that it was police, and the two walk into a nearby building. Inside the building, they find a man in a freezing cold room doing all sorts of tests with a microscope and eyeballs and shit. And Roy and Leon walk in, rip the coat off of this man, and then they start interrogating him until he gives them the name J.F. Sebastian. Are you tracking at this point? I think so. Don't sound so scared. (laughs) I did kind of ask that aggressively. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Are you fucking tracking? Um, I think so. (laughs) All right. Cool. We cut to Decker driving his car. His car car, not a flying car. A ground car. And he's replaying the the tape from Leon's test. He parks in an alley, walks inside this building, gets in the elevator, and goes upstairs. As he approaches his floor, he hears a noise in the elevator behind him. He quickly pulls out his gun and points it at... Points it at... Points it at he points it at Rachel, right? There we go. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. (laughs) Points his gun at Rachel. (laughs) And she tells Deckard that she wanted to see him and that she doesn't know why Tyrell told him about what she is. Quotation marks. But Deckard leaves her in the hallway as he enters his apartment and slams the door closed. But a moment later, he opens the door and lets her in. Rachel asks Deckard if he thinks she's a replicant, and then she tries to hand him a photo of her with her mother. Deckard then tells Rachel one of her deepest secrets and asks if she's ever told anyone that before, but she stays silent. Deckard tells her that those are just implants, false memories that belong to someone else. Uh, they they actually belong to Tyrell's niece. Annabelle is literally undressing right now. <laughs> what the fuck? She can't even hear me because she doesn't have her headset on. Are we good? I'm sorry. I got really hot. I needed to take my sweater off. <laughs> Did you hear anything that I said? Um, A little bit. I just continued on reading. I didn't say anything. Yeah, those are false false memories, implants. They belong to Tyrell's niece. Yes. Rachel tears up, and Deckard tells her it was a bad joke. Just go home. But she stays there. And as Deckard goes to make her a drink, she tosses down her photo and storms out. But Deckard picks up the photo and examines it. He goes out, looks over his balcony for a little while. And then we cut to a shot of a woman walking down the street. The woman tell, I mean, the woman walks to a nearby alley where she tries to go to sleep for the night, just like on the side, on the ground. And a strange van pulls up to the curb. A man exits the van and drops his keys right in front of this woman, which startles her, which then in turn startles the man. And she takes off running. She knocks this guy over and then she accidentally runs into his van. 
He calls out to her, tells her it's okay, and the two of them introduce themselves. Her name is Pris. His name is J.F. Sebastian. What do you think about her name? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, It's very interesting. I don't think I would name a child Pris just because every time I've heard the word Pris, it is not referred as a good thing. Well, here's, here's, here's the fun part about that, about what you just said. She was never a child. Yeah. She's a replicant. Yeah. So nobody that she didn't have parents that named her Pris. She didn't go through childhood as Pris. Did she She, give that name to herself? No, the Tyrell Corporation gave her that name, I guess. Okay, it still applies. Why would you name a replicant Pris? It's she whenever Bryant was explaining to Deckard earlier about like the replicants that he has to kill or retire. He says that one of them is like a, a sex replicant, basically. Oh. This is that one. Pris is that replicant. Shit, I, I'm I completely missed that. Yeah. So I think that's why she has a name like Pris. Yeah. Anyways. That makes more sense. JF offers Pris some food from inside, and then they go inside and into the elevator. And on their ride up, JF tells Pris that he lives in the building all alone. And before they reach the floor that he, or this happens before they reach the floor that that he basically just stays on. I mean, he's got a whole ass building. I don't think he needs all that space, but whatever. Pris says, you must get lonely here, JF. And JF says, not really. I make friends. They're toys. My friends are all toys. I make them. And then they walk into a room where they're greeted by two very lifelike toys. What do you think about his toys? I thought they're, I thought they're, they're like cool, but weird at the same time they reminded me of something i want to say like um santa claus 3 i think it was where the bad santa like made all those wooden toy soldiers you know the big ones you know what i'm talking about i don't remember that movie you don't somebody yeah. knows what i'm talking about but that's what it reminded me of but it was weird and creepy you don't feel bad for him I, for him, I feel bad for him. Yes, this poor man and what happens throughout <laughs> this movie. I do feel bad for him because he is a sweetie pie. He is very sweet. Good old oh. JF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, back to Deckard, who's still in his apartment. He's now asleep and he wakes up from a dream of a unicorn running through a forest I am certain that that shit confused the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so confused. Basically, keep that noted. We'll bring it up later. It ties into that point that you brought up earlier about his eyes, you know? Yes, okay. And then I, at the, the very last scene, I'd noticed something as well with, a gum wrapper that I think look at connects. you you're getting better you're fucking <laughs> connecting dots 
It's like a gun wrapper that's origami into a unicorn, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I did good, yay. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this whole time I was like, I think this all ties in, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> hey, say that shit with confidence and you might just be right, even if you are wrong. <laughs> um... Deckard grabs one of the photos that he was examining earlier and he just starts looking at it deeper. And then he takes it to this little like actual examining machine to get a better look at it. He examines this photo in the machine for a few minutes until he finds a mirror and then he enhances that and finds a woman in the reflection. He puts... Uh, the new photo of this woman next to that little thing that he found earlier that he put in the in the bag, and he just connects some dots. Do you know who this woman was in the photo? No. It's Zora. The girl that he goes and sees at the, the dance snake club? lady. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, but like it's it was very hard to make out her face in the photo. It is, yeah. You just have to focus on the tattoo that's on like her jawline of the snakes. You can kind of see oh, it in the picture. Okay. And then when you see it, her in person, it's like same shit. What is the thing that he picked up and put in the back? We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. How did they literally, they literally explain it. What? I don't. It's like a sort of a type of scale. I, I don't. It's, I don't understand how you picked up on like the most complex, <laughs> the most complex story in this, but you didn't pick up on the shit that is literally thrown in your face. <laughs> I think because of how choppy it's all cut together, it's like my brain was like picking and choosing. I don't know. <laughs> you were like, fuck it, complex, easy shit? Nah. <laughs> All right, next scene opens up with Deckard at a small little fish shop that's on the side of the street. He gives the shopkeeper that little thing that he found and, and put in the bag, and he asks if it belongs to a fish. The shopkeeper oh. uses a device to examine it and tells him that it was manufactured locally. He, she gives him a serial number that's on this little item, and turns out it's not a fish. It's actually a snake scale. I remember now. Now I remember. I feel really stupid for asking you that and forgetting what it was, but I remember yeah. now. That's why I interrupted you and said, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the shopkeeper points Deckard in the direction of the manufacturer. Deckard heads that way until he finds the shop. He interrogates the manufacturer for a minute until he gives Deckard another lead to follow. He follows the trail to this fancy bar and he finds the man that he is looking for, whose name is Taffy. Deckard questions Taffy for a minute until he leaves to make a video call to Rachel. Deckard then goes downstairs after she hangs up. And he goes back down to the bar where he sits there and waits for a minute. And he's drinking a very interesting drink. Is it the, like... Because he pulls, like, a bug out of his mouth. Is it, like, that liquor that they put the bugs in it? I don't know exactly what it is, but it's, like, a martini with 
um, I think they're called mealworms or superworms or something Yeah. in the bottom. Weird. Yeah. So he sits there at the bar drinking that drink until he sees this snake handling dancer who is Zora, the lady in the picture from earlier. He he follows her and puts on this little facade to question her. And as he's questioning her, she attacks Deckard and then takes off into the streets. So Deckard follows her. He eventually catches up to her, shoots her twice, retiring her. And it turns out that she was one of the replicants that he was hunting. And right where she lands on the ground where she dies... Leon just so happens to be standing right there. But Deckard doesn't know, you know, Leon like that. So Deckard leaves the scene and police show up to clean it up. Did you, you, you gathered that she was a replicant and that's why he killed her? Yes. Okay. I gathered that, but then by like the look on his face and stuff and Rachel asking him early, have you ever accidentally retired a human before? It made me think, and she bled red, which I figured replicants would bleed like a darker color or something. It made me think that maybe she was human and he accidentally made a mistake, but she wasn't, right? She was a replicant. I think a lot of people think that she's not a replicant. Um, but yeah, Yeah. no, I, I think she is. Yeah, Okay. Because she that's is. what I figured, because doesn't Bryant say something like three down, you you got like four more to go or something like Yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. Deckard walks up to a little bar in the street. He orders a bottle. And as the lady is handing him the bottle... The the uh the guy from earlier, Gaff, walks up behind Deckard and says, Bryant. They walk to a police car where Bryant exits, and they begin to talk about how many more replicants Deckard has to retire. Bryant says there's four left, and when Deckard questions this, Bryant tells him to retire Rachel as well, which is not part of the original deal. Uh, as the police car drives away, As Bryant drives away, Deckard spots Rachel standing on the other side of the street, and she just begins walking away. He follows her, but runs into Leon instead. The two begin fighting in this alley, and Leon slaps Deckard's gun away, and they continue fighting. Right as Leon is about to kill Deckard, Leon is shot in the head by Rachel, who is standing at the end of the alley, holding Deckard's gun. We cut to Deckard and Rachel drinking in his apartment. When Deckard takes a shot, you can see like his blood go into the shot. I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, same. Um, when uh, I just read that, so I about to read the same shit again. After a brief moment of dialogue, Deckard walks into the room. Uh, it walks into a different room, I guess. And he's he like takes off his shirt and stuff and starts cleaning his face off. Rachel walks up to him. Her eyes are reflecting light in that strange way again. And she asks, what if I go north? Disappear. Would you still come after me? 
And Deckard tells her that he wouldn't because he owes her one. And as he's walking away, he stops and says, but somebody would. Rachel asks Deckard if he's ever taken the test before, but he doesn't answer. She finds him asleep in the next room over, and then she just starts looking around. She looks at some photos, sits down, and starts playing his piano, which wakes him up. And Rachel lets down her hair. Deckard gets up. They talk about Rachel not knowing how she could play piano. And then Deckard makes a little move, but Rachel gets up and tries to leave. Uh, Deckard doesn't let her, and then they, quote-unquote, get intimate in a weird way. Yeah, this, <laughs> this scene was very weird to me, because like I couldn't tell exactly what was happening. Like... I couldn't tell if it was just Harrison Ford trying to act like sexy, passionate, I'm going to throw you up against the wall type thing, or if like something else was happening. <laughs> yeah, this scene is sort of iffy on whether or not this is fully consensual. Yeah. <laughs> um, But there is potentially some situational irony at play. That hasn't quite been revealed to the audience yet. So another thing to just keep in mind that we'll come back to later. I have more on that. Okay. At the end. Uh, and then we cut to a slow zoom. Kind of going backwards of the city. Next scene opens with Pris airbrushing the area around her eyes with like this black airbrush paint or whatever the fuck they use an airbrush I don't even know <laughs> a clock chimes and we see Pris smile in the next room over JF is sitting in a chair asleep Pris silently cartwheels into the room and approaches JF from behind she starts looking at something in the room and JF wakes up the two share a few lines before we're taken to a shot of Roy walking down the hallway towards JF's room and then back to Pris and JF. They continue talking until Pris randomly says, hi, Roy. And Roy is standing right behind JF and he ominously talks to JF until he randomly just kisses Pris. While this is happening, JF gets up and goes to make breakfast because... He is clearly into Pris, JF is. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to go. And then um, when he walks away, Pris and Roy talk about Leon dying and how they're the only two left. JF brings them their food and Roy asks why. And Roy asks JF why he's staring at them. And JF asks what generation they are. And so Roy tells him Nexus 6. And he's like, oh, I knew it. And then, you know, starts asking them to do something. And then um, after a moment, Roy asks JF to help them. And JF says only Tyrell can. But he eventually agrees to help get them to Tyrell. You good? Following? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm good. Got anything? Anything at all? I don't think so. Uh, well, like when when this whole scene first starts, I was like, oh shit, I completely forgot about these two weirdos. <laughs> Press and Roy? Yeah. Yep. They're there. Yep. And this uh, is like the point in the movie where I was like, is this almost over? And I was like, no, I'm like only halfway through. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Outside the Tyrell Corporation building, an elevator makes its way up the building. The elevators are on the outside. Yeah, I don't even know if you would call it an elevator. It kind of is, but I don't know. Inside the elevator, Roy and JF make their way up. Tyrell is sitting in his bed and he gets a call from JF. The two of them basically play like this little, it's like a physical game of chess, but they play it virtually, I guess, or like over the phone. Yeah, kind of. it's quite cute. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah, they're like clearly two friends and they don't have the time to sit and play a game of chess so that so they like take their time thinking of their moves and then call the next call the person and be like hey this is my move your go it's cute you know it's not cute though what eldon tyrell is the owner of tyrell corporation super rich and he can't fucking give roy i mean not roy jf some housing i know yeah that is super not cute anyways what do i know about mega corporation ceos being pieces of shit <laughs> Tyrell basically when they're on the phone Tyrell allows JF to come up to his like penthouse room or whatever and then once they get up there Roy and JF walk into Tyrell's room Tyrell recognizes Roy immediately and Roy asks Tyrell to basically just expand his lifespan but Tyrell tells him that he can't Roy then kisses Tyrell and then crushes his head. And then proceeds to chase JF. You look weird right now. It's... <laughs> I do make weird faces. The When he crushes his head, I had to look away because it was so brutal. Like, he sticks his thumbs in his eyes. Ah, oh, I can't. I can't. I'm, like, getting visions in my brain right now. It was very gross. Seems like it goes on a little longer than it should, too, right? It does. It goes on way too fucking long. That was one problem I had with this movie, is there's a lot of scenes where it's like they spent a couple seconds too long on it. Like, you could have chopped it down a little bit more. Like, what else? Like, there's a couple scenes where, like, um, Deckard's, like, looking at something for a long period of time, or... Roy is looking at something for a long period of time. It's just a couple scenes here and there throughout the movie. I could see that. Anyways, we transition into the next scene where Bryant informs Deckard that he wants Deckard to go look into the killing of Eldon Tyrell and JF. So before we didn't know if Roy had killed JF or not, but this scene pretty much confirms that he did. Deckard pulls Wait, up to the what? building... Wait, what? go back, go back, go back. What? What confirmed that Roy killed Jaya? Bryant tells him. 
Oh, okay. I missed that while watching that because that was another question I had. What the fuck happened to JF? It yeah, I mean it's not like a super big thing. Like it just kind of happens. Like he just kind of says it in conversation, but they don't make a big deal of it. Okay, okay. I missed that. So yeah. Deckard pulls up to the building that Bryant told him to, which is the same building that JF lived in. And he goes into the building and he starts searching it. He walks into JF's room, which is full of his toys, and he continues looking around. And we can see Pris sitting on the bed pretending to be one of the toys. Did you recognize that that was her? Yes. I immediately recognized it was her and I was like, that was a smart fucking move. <laughs> that was really smart. Yes, it was. Because Deckard slowly approaches her. And right as he's like about to lift the little veil over her face, she just attacks him. And then she she runs down the hallway. And they 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 kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. They fight, I guess. Yeah. It's more like her just like weirdly attacking him. Yeah. Yeah, like she so weird. She puts she's like on his shoulders, like has a death grip with her thighs around his head and like is like turning at some point the way they angle the camera, it looks like she fucking turns his head all the way around. Does she or does she not? Because now I'm now I'm questioning everything. I could I could definitely see where you're going. I don't know that she did that. He might have like turned his body with it. That's what I was thinking because then when we fully see his body, it's it's the right way. Right. But yeah, she's like fucking sticking her fingers up his nose and shit. Yeah. Weird little fight. <laughs> She, um, she like lets go of him and then runs down the hallway to get a running start on another attack. And as she's running at him, Deckard, uh, grabs his gun and he shoots her. She falls to the ground and just starts flailing around and screaming. And so Deckard shoots her again, which retires her. Right after this, Deckard hears the elevator coming up. And he moves, you know, to a hidden spot in the building. Roy exits the elevator and he walks down the hall and then he finds Pris's dead body. He kisses her and then begins looking around for the cause of this. Roy walks down the hallway or walks past the hallway that Deckard is in and Deckard shoots at Roy, but he misses. And Roy dives out of the way and, like, is hiding now. And then Roy starts verbally taunting Deckard from his little unknown location. Roy breaks through a wall and he grabs Deckard's arm and pulls it through. And then he breaks two of Deckard's fingers, one for Zora and one for uh, Pris. And then he lets go, lets Deckard go, and he tells him, now it's his turn, and he starts counting down. So Deckard just fucking runs, and he tries to hide in the building. 
And this kind of goes on for a few minutes where Roy's like looking for Deckard and taunting him. And eventually Roy does find Deckard and the two of them fight again. Deckard loses his pistol. And this fight ends with Deckard running and escaping through a window on that, that leads out at the side of the building. He makes his way up to the roof from this window as Roy is like following him and still taunting him. Once on the roof, Deckard attempts to run and jump. Uh, actually, pause before this happens. Once he's on the roof, Deckard attempts to escape, but Roy comes up out of another fucking, like, I don't know, roof access door. So then at this point, Deckard's like, fuck it, turns around, tries to run and jump onto another roof, but he slips and he's just kind of like grabs onto this little part of the roof and he's just hanging off the side of the building. Roy, however, just fucking clears the gap onto the other roof. And Roy looks down at Deckard with blood all over his face and he says, quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? You understand why he said that? Because he was hanging off the building or because other reasons that... um... Because Roy is a replicant and Deckard is a Blade Runner and Blade Runners kill replicants, so replicants are always living in fear. So now the tables have turned. Okay, yeah, I got that part. I'm thinking too much into it. Okay. Alright, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Deckard slips and lets go of the roof, but Roy catches him and pulls him up onto the roof. Roy sits down in front of Deckard and tells him about the things that he's seen, and he ends his sentence with, Now, it's time to die. And then Roy just looks down and lets go of this white bird that he's holding, and the bird just flies away. Where the fuck did the bird come from? I don't don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. Um, the Roy character was really what like sealed the deal for me on like weirdness because he was so weird. He, this like, entire scene was fucking weird. When Roy entered the building, he was fully clothed, and then at some random point, uh, he's wearing like nothing but his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not explained at all. And like he's like somewhat sane but then like gradually turns more and more insane it's like what the fuck (laughs) he starts like howling yeah (laughs) like a wolf starts saying some weird weird. shit yeah i don't know (laughs) anyways gaff randomly appears on the roof and he says i guess you're through huh and then he tosses deckard his gun And as Gaff is walking away, he turns back and says, it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? And then we cut to a beat up Deckard entering his apartment. He draws his gun and says, Rachel. And he enters his apartment, gun in hand, finds her sleeping in his apartment. 
He slowly lowers his gun, lifts the sheet off of her, and he wakes her up. And the two of them basically confess their love for each other. And then they exit the apartment. But Deckard stops for a moment. And uh, Rachel enters the elevator. But Deckard finds a small little origami unicorn on the ground. And the line, it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does, is repeated. And then Deckard gets into the elevator. And it fades to black. (laughs) Blade Runner, the final cut. That is it. That is the end of the movie. We got through that a lot lot faster than I thought we were going to. I was going to ask you the same thing. I felt like that was like... Yeah, I felt like you went through that very quickly. I was like, wow, okay, we are moving right along. (laughs) I mean, did I like... No, did you I didn't miss really, anything? No, no. I think, I think because the movie feels so long because there's so many different cuts that there's so much going on at once. But like actually summarizing it, it's very quick. I tried to, um, I tried to like leave out a good bit of dialogue too, yeah. just because that can be very painful to take notes on and also. Yeah, it can just be very painful to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, they confess their love for each other. But, like, really? How long have y'all known each other? Come on. Yeah. Um. So, the dots that you connected. Yeah. What do they mean to you? Is Deckard a fucking replicant? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> I didn't have this realization till earlier when I was like, oh my fucking God, what is happening? What? Like, how how did you figure this out? Because this movie does nothing to explain that whatsoever. Is he a replicant? Yes, it does. How? There is several hints scattered throughout the entire movie that he is a replicant so deckard remember when he had the dream of the unicorn earlier yeah and then he finds a little origami unicorn yes and then gaff that line that gaff says about you know it's too bad she won't live it kind of like replays when he finds the origami one yeah Okay, you're like, all right, that was weird. He had a dream of a of a unicorn, and then he finds a little unicorn. That's a crazy coincidence, right? Yeah. It's not coincidence. You know why? Why? Because Gaff looked at Deckard's memory files, his implant, his implants, his dream files. Uh-huh. And that's where he saw the unicorn dream. So he made a little origami unicorn, left it on the floor right outside his apartment so that Deckard would know that he was going to come retire Rachel. Right? That's one okay. of the things. Okay, how did... So so the police department knows that Deckard's a replicant? Yes. And how is that okay? Well, that he's alive? If, they're tra- if their mission is to retire replicants. 
So they're retiring Nexus 6, and it's thought that Deckard is a Nexus 7. Oh, so they're discriminating. They're discriminating <laughs> replicants. <laughs> well, if you make something and then you make it better, like maybe the better better of the two options, you know, we can use. <laughs> um, another hint is what you brought up earlier about how that split second where Deckard's eyes have that orange reflection in them. Yeah. Like Rachel's. That's another little split second hint. Okay. Okay. And then Ridley Scott, the director, right? When yeah. asked if Deckard, this isn't part of the movie, so I don't, I, you know, understandable if you didn't know this, but when Ridley Scott was asked if Deckard is a replicant, he simply said, if you don't get it, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I guess I'm a moron. <laughs> there's, there's also certain scenes that make you question whether or not Deckard is a replicant. We saw them in this version of the movie because this was the final cut. This was the director's cut. Yeah. But those scenes that make you question whether or not Deckard is a replicant were removed in the non-director's cut version of this movie. Which further drives the point that he is. Because they were removed because Ridley Scott... People think that Ridley Scott wants Deckard to be a replicant. But Harrison Ford was against Deckard being a replicant. Because he wanted the main character to be human to connect better with the audience. So in the normal release, they cut the scenes that make you question whether he is a replicant or not. And the director's cut, they kept the scenes that make you question whether Deckard is a replicant. That just further drives the point that he is a replicant. That's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. And there's a few more, but I don't have them written down because I figured that would be enough to convince everybody that he is a replicant oh my gosh that is like that is so crazy like i still i'm still struggling on if i like this movie or not because the fact that i just had that realization like you really sit down and you think about it you're like oh shit this character that i thought was a human this whole time he might be a replicant but i'm not never really fully confirmed because they never outright fully say it in the movie that he's a replicant i've brought this up before this movie is the ultimate two plus two equals four yeah it is you have, <laughs> like, to, you have to like really you have to think about it yeah this movie was seriously made to make you think and question yeah it was good it was good it was just weird in some parts yeah it was um anyways back to the sex scene right what i was saying it's widely debated on whether or not it was fully consensual so you have the one side that says that deckard was trying to show rachel what she quote wanted which was to be human and feel human emotion you have another side that says because deckard is a replicant he doesn't and he doesn't know it he is trying to um uh how do i phrase it he it it's 
it's iffy. I don't know. It's weird. Um, Deckard doesn't know that he's a replicant, right? That's how it seemed throughout the movie. But maybe deep down he does. Because, you know, when Rachel asked, have you ever taken the test? And he just doesn't answer. Yeah. That kind of hints it. Maybe he does know he's a replicant and he doesn't want to take the test because he doesn't want to find out for sure. Yeah. So that makes him, you know, when when we're in this sex scene, makes him want to be human and feel human emotion. And then you have the unconsensual side that says that basically, you know, it wasn't fully consensual. Yeah, because she kind of it's 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 just it's you can very much debate it because it seemed like she didn't really want it but it also seems like she didn't really know what she wanted yeah at the and then same like time he was telling her to do like certain things and she would do it yeah but then she so would add kinda... like she would add her own things like right after it yeah yeah. yeah, I just I was very confused on like whether Harrison Ford's acting was just bad in that and him trying to be sexy passionate. Don't you ever say that again. Some... <laughs> it, it, that's how I felt because it, it felt very awkward and creepy a little bit. Like have you I ever wasn't seen sure. Harrison Ford pictures from the 80s? No, I haven't, but I will say, I I will say, he's very nice to look at. You should like. There's there's better pictures of him than what was shown in this movie. He's he was a good looking dude back in the day. Uh, yeah, even in this movie, I was like, hmm, it's very good looking, nice to look at. Yeah, let me say something that might help you make up your mind on this movie. Okay. This movie is a Picasso. <laughs> a Picasso. <laughs> it's a messy masterpiece. It is big. Yeah, I guess I would agree. <laughs> Definitely, when I sat down to record this, I was like, I just, this is another Pulp Fiction situation. I just don't get it. Like, I don't really understand. And now that I kind of connected all the dots and had that realization that it's it's supposed to be a movie that you need to think about. Yep. I like it. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, because now, like today I was like, man, I really, really don't want to watch it again, but I really feel like I need to because I'm so confused. I decided I wasn't going to and I was just going to make you explain it to me. <laughs> But now I want to go and watch it again to pick up other things that I didn't pick up the first time around. Go for it. I might. We'll see. I I have a list of movies that I'm trying to work through at the moment. Mm-hmm. I checked one what, off my list. What does that list include? I watched X-Men. Whoa, you didn't even tell me about that. I did. I watched X-Men 2000. Because I was going to save it for our variant variety episode. Kind of sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I um, I almost fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> they get better. I was... The second one. The second one's good. Third one's. Eh. 
I was I was fighting sleep really hard while watching it. And I had to keep reminding myself it was made in 2000. It was made in 2000. <laughs> like, but yeah, it was. I will say the actual like story of the movie made now that movie is going to be fucking amazing. You like, know what happens to toads when they're struck by lightning? <sighs> Same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, can we just fucking talk about Toad for a second? What the fuck is that character? <laughs> that's a real that's a real X-Men character. Why? <laughs> Dude, think about the time that these things that these characters are made. They were like a toad man. Let's fucking go. He was so weird and creepy. I didn't like him. (laughs) Yeah, nobody does. All right. So look, let me put it to you this way. All right. We've got X-Men, X-Men United, which is X2, and then X-Men The Last Stand. X2 is good out of those three. Then we have X-Men Origins Wolverine, X-Men First Class, and then The Wolverine. Out of those three movies, X-Men First Class is good. It's actually, like, really good. Then we have Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. Out of those three, Days of Future Past is really good. Apocalypse, most people don't like it. I think it's all right. And Dark Phoenix, again, most people don't like it, but I think it's all right. The really... Really, X2, X-Men First Class, and Days of Future Past. You will definitely like those. There's still so many movies on the list. <laughs> put put those put those down. Mark those down. X2, X-Men First Class, and X-Men Days of Future Past. And when you watch those, I want you to tell me whether or not you thought they were good. Okay. Okay. Um, X-Men, is that the first time we're introduced to Wolverine? yes okay okay i i do think because we just watched logan a couple weeks ago it was very interesting watching x-men to, he's like a completely different person it was from how he was in logan yeah. yeah like you can tell like it's towards the beginning of his journey in x-men versus logan was the end it was very interesting to see where uh, Logan started, like personality wise and all of that. Yeah, he goes through quite the arc throughout these movies. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. And he's he's in pretty much all of them cool. in some way or another. I actually think I'm really starting to like Wolverine. I don't like, know why you wouldn't. <laughs> he wasn't really like a favorite of mine um just because again i didn't really care back then um but i think i think i'm starting to really like him oh another question rogue is she supposed to be a teenager uh yeah yeah okay well i i don't for some reason i got in my head that rogue was an adult so i was like okay why is rogue this scared teenager in this movie but i guess she yeah. is she's always been a teenager okay. she's one of the students Okay. And, and like Logan, like basically because she's like outcasted because of her mutation, he like takes her 
under his wing and like yeah. is like that big brother to her. Okay, yeah. I was getting that vibe from him like he was feeling like uh, a sibling bond between them, but I think she definitely has a crush on him. <laughs> Maybe she does, but <laughs> he's a good guy. He keeps it, you know. Yeah. Classy. But yeah. Blade what Runner. We, what were we talking about before? <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. did you like it? I th- I think I did. I don't. <laughs> so that's 2-0. I don't really know. <laughs> it's like, it's so hard to tell because it's like, right now thinking about watching that movie it's like painful for me because it's so long it is such a long movie to get through but like it's really good (laughs) so it's kind of like the batman it's a good fucking movie it's just long no 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 it's not like the batman i actually i like this movie I I like this movie more than the Batman. Okay. Do you like the fucking shit or not? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do. I guess I like it. I guess I will decide on liking it. I didn't hate it. Okay. All I need to know is, are we counting this 2-0 or what? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you, man? Do you like it or not? Is it I 2-0? Then I guess I like it. Uh, what what do you want me to say? Yes, you got another fucking point. Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> uh that'd be great. Yeah, two to fucking zero. <laughs> Shit. Okay, all right. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. My hopes are high for your next Trust Me, I Like It. Me too. I so think... you better make sure that shit doesn't fucking disappoint. <laughs> I know, I talked a lot of game too. I talked a lot of game. <laughs> I think, I really, you're gonna like it. You're gonna fucking like it. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna be fucking shocked. We'll see. We'll see. By the way, we told y'all to guess the movie last week. Uh, we've had one person guess the movie correctly so far, and that was on, Derek. On their first try, too. Well, not technically. Yeah, yeah those other ones he, were him just... He guessed a few times publicly, but then he went to D- DMs and he was like, this is your fucking movie. And he just nailed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, because other people were like tossing out all these suggestions that were obviously ridiculous. And... <laughs> He was tossing out, like, fake guesses, pretty much. Like, not real guesses. Like, he actually sat down and thought about it. And then messaged me and was like, okay, my first initial guess is... And then guess the movie. Y'all thought I was going to tell you, didn't you? <laughs> he he was the only person that... Like, because you said... You said you went, like, or think out of the box or something like that. He was the only person who put together, like, it's not an out-of-the-box movie, it's just not usually what Annabelle would pick. 
And nobody yes. else gathered that except for him from yes. what I've seen. I kept emphasizing. I said it multiple times. I did a complete 180 because that is the big hint for everybody. And him and one other person got very close to guessing who was that it? Bobby was in the right genre before he stopped. Oh, guessing. you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you can genre. decide. You can decide to cut it if you want. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> no, we're leaving it. Um, another week, another hint. Genre. Yeah, Not even saying yeah. which one it is. Just the word. One. 80 so Derek's the only one that really like sat down and thought okay what are movies that Matt would probably like but would be shocking that Annabelle actually likes you know what I mean like yeah yeah he was the only one to put it together good job Derek good job buddy the demon (laughs) okay well, that's Blade Runner, the final cut. Yeah. Is this our most off-the-rails episode? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think so. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Blade Runner 2049, though? We'll have to do that eventually. I think you really, yeah. really, really will really like that one. I really want to do that. I really want to do that. Um, Our next episode's Variant Variety, right? Yes. Yes. So we'll put out another post. Y'all leave your comments and suggestions, questions, concerns, criticism. Anything. Anything. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say now, my speaking of Harrison Ford, my next Trust Me, I Like It is another Harrison Ford movie. And if you know anything about me, you've probably already guessed it. Just what? from that little bit. What? Where's my planner? What? What are we doing? Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead and look at it. What are we doing? She doesn't Never. even remember my freaking trust. Me oh. <laughs> Which one is this? The R? first one. It starts with an R, right? I don't want to give it away. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, want to give it away. Yeah, technically. Okay. It's Technically starts with an R. Oh, yeah. Y'all do with that what you will. <laughs> it's going to confuse many. people because they're, they're going to think that the literal first letter of the word is, or of the title is R, but that's technically <laughs> not the case. But it, like I said, if you know anything about me, Harrison Ford movie, you've probably already guessed it. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. No prizes if you get this one right. I don't you know freaking care it's easy i'm making it easy for you i'm actually i'm kind of excited about that one so am i because it's a good ass fucking movie i like that one better than blade runner (laughs) i'm sure i will too uh nothing (laughs) oh okay so like we already calling it's gonna be 3-0 maybe 3-1 we'll see we'll see we'll see all right Anything else you'd like to add before we get out? I don't think so. Also, I just said get out. That was not a hint towards anything. Uh, so that'll wrap up this episode. Um, how the fuck? 
Does the outro go? Thanks for <laughs> listening. Uh, you can support the show by giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform or by following us on Twitter, Instagram, at Variant Vendetta. Again, either way, we are very thankful for your support. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. How do you end? Where's the end? <laughs> <laughs>